Hey everyone, welcome back to Two Spot Monkeys Live. Super happy to have you here joining us today as we are at episode 40. We're still young, we're not over the hill yet. Uh, and it's a it's a good milestone to be at 40 because we're talking today about WrestleMania 37, the two-night event. And we are going to do our head-to-head preview and picks. Uh, I'm Tom, joined as always by Jim. Jim, how are you today? I am doing well, and I'm excited. WrestleMania, um, my my first WrestleMania watching it as it happened was WrestleMania three. Uh, I don't know about you, Tom, but uh, it had to be right about the same time. That was three year first one. No, season. no. So I, man, I I want to say it was WrestleMania five, but I I even feel like WrestleMania five would be wrong. For me, it might be WrestleMania six. Okay. Okay. Three, I watched at the Rockford Metro Center uh, with my mom and my brother. We got tickets and watched it on closed circuit. Um, it was awesome. It's just awesome. Good times. Um, and I've seen just about every one of them live, as they happen when I say live, not live in person. Um, since I've been to four WrestleManias uh, live, uh, 23 in Detroit was my first of those, which um, got to experience that with my brother, which was fun. And uh, so this this time of year is bringing up a lot of memories. Um, obviously, everybody knows I lost my brother last fall, um, so or late last summer, I guess. But uh, so this has brought up a lot of memories. But I'm excited to talk about WrestleMania um, and a show that neither of us will be at live, and neither of us will be. Well, my plan right now is to watch night one live. Uh, neither of us will be watching night two live, as we mentioned. You're going to be on a family trip. Uh, I have some other obligations uh, on night two, family wise and work wise. Uh, so, and it actually looks like it might be Tuesday before I get to see night two at this point. Um, but that's okay. We're going to preview it. Uh, for those wondering on the head-to-head, we usually update on our head-to-head from the previous. Uh, just to let you know, I was perfect, uh, 10-0 on TakeOver, and Tom missed two matches. Uh, no, uh, that might be true. We'll, we'll find out. But uh, we were recording this before TakeOver happens. Uh, so we don't uh, have those results to share with you. So we'll update you on both TakeOver and WrestleMania uh, when we get together to do a recap show, which, spoiler alert, we probably will have at least a one-week break after WrestleMania uh, because Tom is going to have a whole lot to catch up on, uh, as am I, frankly, but Tom will have even more because I'll be able to catch a little bit along the way throughout that week. But on his family trip, um, you know, the rest of the family and the friends going with him are not wrestling fans. So uh, WrestleMania and Hakeover will not be a part of their trip, most likely. I don't understand why you associate with these people, Tom, but really that's your thing, not mine. <laughs> I kid, I kid. Um, but let's jump right into it then uh, with WrestleMania. Uh, let's see, we're going to pretend uh, that I'm that we don't know anything, so I'll just go ahead and make the first pick if that works, Tom. Absolutely, yes. As of this moment, I am still two matches behind because Takeover hasn't happened. Night one, we're going to start off uh, just with some conversation for a quick second before actually we make that first pick. There is uh, a report out there. We don't have all of the details that uh, since they've recorded the Monday Night Raw that will air just uh, the week before WrestleMania, we're recording this before uh, Raw airs as well, that there's going to be some sort of a multi-person tag match um, on night one for the women in the, for the women's tag titles. Um, I'm sorry, for the contendership for the women's tag titles, the winner of that multi-team match will move on to night two and face the women's tag team champions. The teams I've seen mentioned are Naomi and, Le- and Lana. Naomi and Leana? I'm making Le- a name. Leana. Leana. That's her uh, Hawaiian sister. Uh, <laughs> Naomi and Lana, Natalia and Tamina, 
and Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke, and perhaps the Riot Squad would also make sense in that as well. Uh, we're not going to pick that match because we don't have all those contenders. We are, when we get to night two here in a little bit, going to go ahead and pick the women's title match. We're going to pick it basically as women's title match versus the field. So just conversation on that. We'll talk about that um, when we get to night two. Not a whole lot more to say about that. We're going to start off night one with the match that I think both Tom and I are looking forward to more than ever. We're going to peak right here at the start of the episode, four minutes in. It is the steel cage match between Yon, Beyond, I'm sorry, Braun Strowman, and as I called him before we recorded, stupid Shane McMahon, because that apparently is his new catchphrase. The build to this has been so bad. So bad. We talked about this in our Fast Lane episode. Um, now they're doing a steel cage, which actually at least makes some sense. And I think, Tom, correct me if I'm wrong, there have been some Hell in a Cell matches along the way at WrestleMania. The only other steel cage match I can remember at WrestleMania is WrestleMania 2, Hulk Hogan and King Kong Bundy. I That's the first one that comes to mind for me, but that can't be the case, can I, it? I didn't, you know, like I said, there have been some Hell in a Cell, um, Taker and Bossman, uh, Taker and, and Triple H. I, I don't think and, and maybe somebody's yelling at their you know radio right now or their YouTube player um, because I'm forgetting something but that's the only other steel just strictly steel cage match that comes to mind which is kind of amazing uh, and and if you told me you know not right now because obviously we're right in the midst of this build and we know this but if you would have told me I don't know five years ago that the, there's only been one steel cage match at WrestleMania. Who will be the participants in the second steel cage match at WrestleMania? I would have been so wrong. <laughs> Braun Strowman and Shane McMahon being the second pairing um, ever to to do be there. So um, I don't want to spend think, a lot of time on this match. And I think you're right. I, I just did a quick Google search, and it appears to that that I'm not seeing anything come up to to dispel that truth. Okay, so. Yeah, second steel cage, strictly steel cage match. Um, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because, you know, we don't want to make this a six-hour show, and there's other things that are way more interesting to talk about on this show. Braun Strowman wins the cage match, and hopefully we just move on from this stupid story. Oh, see what I did there? Stupid story. Yeah, I don't know how Braun doesn't win. I So I agree. Our picks are going to match each other here. I really don't care. Let's move on. <laughs> That works for me. I don't mean to be so so flippantly honest, but I also <laughs> it's really like I I don't believe there's been a WrestleMania match I've ever been less uh, less invested in. I mean, not that it, you know what I mean. Yep, I uh, the what I mentioned last week's episode that uh, I was on the Take Three podcast uh, with our friends Joe and Mike. There was a question in WrestleMania Jeopardy about the China Ivory match at WrestleMania X7, and Joe called it, I think Joe was the one who called it the worst match in WrestleMania history. And it's certainly on the list because China didn't want to be in that match. She wanted to work with men. Um, she didn't want to work with the women. So she, it was it was bad, no question. Uh, this, this may give it a run for its money. They gimmicked it up at least, though. So enough said about that. Let's move on to things we care about more. Like the Raw tag team title match. Uh, which kind of got made out of nowhere right away, right after Fastlane. But, uh, Tom, you're going to get the first pick here. The New Day defends against AJ Styles and making his wrestling debut at WrestleMania, which is even bigger than, like, Fandango, who made his WWE debut at WrestleMania. To my knowledge, this is almost his first televised match anywhere. Almost. 
yeah, this, I, the build here hasn't been bad at all. Like it's actually been semi-enjoyable and, and, and they've, they've made it connect logically. It's almost a coin flip for me. The New Day doesn't need the titles by any means. Uh, it, it makes sense to get them here because of the challengers. It cut the legs out on the Hurt business in a way because that was actually decent in building. I feel like because WrestleMania is also a spectacle that my pick of AJ Styles and almost is the right pick. That being that being said, I, I could easily see this coming the other way. I'm gonna go with AJ and almost. I have no idea how long they hold the titles. I would be totally okay if they lost them on Monday after Mania. Now back to the new day. <laughs> it's it's almost a shame that you have new day talents having to be on the same brand. Like I almost wish one of the three, and it probably would be Xavier in this case, or perhaps Kofi, send him to NXT for a run. Because when you have them, I mean, and again, I'm sure there's tons of merchandising and and, and all of that. So that's why they're that's why they're still an entity and a, and a thing. But they deserve their own spotlight, and we're seeing it with Biggie on SmackDown. Uh, but if there, if 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 we have this perpetuity, unless someone's injured, where there's always going to be two on one brand, the easy low hanging fruit is loop loop them and group them together as the New Day. Uh, I don't see the New Day winning or needing to win or having the titles. Therefore, that's why AJ and almost because of the spectacle of almost having his size and then being a champion. It's going to be weird though. But that's that's my pick. Yeah. Uh, as I always say, back and forth on this one a lot. Uh, I, you know, do they break up AJ and almost? Does almost get tired of AJ's crap? Um, I think eventually we're going to see that, but it almost isn't ready to be a, I don't think is ready to be a singles wrestler yet. Uh, maybe he'll just wow me on Sunday. Um, I've said here on the show numerous times that I thought a lot of his, when he would have his power moves, um, they looked really weak, like he was trying not to hurt the person. And I understand a guy that size, right? Like setting him down like a baby in a bassinet. Um, I understand a guy that size who doesn't know what he's doing yet. You know, he understands that he could really hurt somebody. Um, so yeah, I get why that happened. I will say, uh, last Monday night, uh, when he destroyed, uh, Xavier and Kofi, his offense, the, the few things that he did looked a lot more believable. So kudos. He seems to be working on that. Um, we'll see. This will be interesting to see. I, you know, AJ's going to carry the load in this match. Let's not be, you know, crazy about this. And then almost will come in and hit a few power moves here and there. And, you know, that sort of thing. I'm going to go AJ and almost as well. Um, the only way I can see the New Day winning is if almost just, you know, wax AJ and says, I'm done with your crap. Um, and that would be a WrestleMania moment. I just, then what do you do with him? Um, cause I just don't, I almost probably shouldn't have a big singles run anyways, or if he does, he's, he needs to probably be an attraction. I don't know that you can use him week in, week in and week out in the ring. So, um, I, I think AJ and almost, because then AJ gets to be the annoying who's going to beat us because I got this guy. And then eventually I think that's when almost, you know, wax AJ down the road and they lose the belts because he's just like, all right, I'm done with your crap. You know, you're annoying, you're a jerk, whatever. Um, so I'm I'm going AJ and almost as well on this one. Uh, one of the matches that I'm looking forward to probably most 
among either night of WrestleMania is Seth Rollins and Cesaro in Cesaro's singles match debut at WrestleMania, single first singles match at WrestleMania. Uh, I meant to look up records. I didn't do that this year. Often we've done that in the past. Um, I like looking at WrestleMania records. I think they're fun. Uh, again, going back to the Take 3 podcast with WrestleMania Jeopardy, Shawn Michaels. Uh, the final Jeopardy question was Shawn Michaels' record at WrestleMania. I actually got it right, and it was a total guess. Um, he had said that it was 17 matches, and Shawn Michaels has a losing record. So what's the record? Um, Shawn Michaels was 6-11 and 11 at WrestleMania. I think that's – so records, I think, are fun to look at at WrestleMania um, sometimes. But nonetheless, I don't have them. That was my point. Cesaro would be 0-0 as far as singles matches would go. Uh, has had some, some tag matches, certainly won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, which can't even make the WrestleMania show this year. It's on SmackDown. <sighs> but I digress. Um I really want to pick Cesaro. I really want to pick Cesaro. And I can't. Uh, I just don't think they, they'll pull the trigger on it. I think a win for Cesaro here could, if they want it to, catapult him um, on SmackDown. But I kind of feel like Cesaro is the gatekeeper on SmackDown. He's the guy you're going to feud with before you get to Roman or Daniel Bryan or edge or whoever, you know, the top. Um, I just, I can't bring myself to do it. I think they've done a nice job building this match and building the, uh, the situation. Frankly, I think it's been a really nice shot in the arm for Shinsuke Nakamura as well. I'm, I hope that Shinsuke at least gets to come out with Cesaro at WrestleMania since he got relegated to the Andre, the giant Memorial battle Royal and doesn't have a match of his own. Um, but I, I can't, I can't pull the trigger on Cesaro as much as I want to because I'm picking with my head, not my heart. My heart says Cesaro. My head, though, says it's WrestleMania. Seth Rollins is almost Mr. WrestleMania, it feels like lately. Um, I'm going Seth Rollins. Well, I'm going to add some flair to this, and I'm going to pick Cesaro. Uh, that isn't uh, that isn't totally... I'm sure right. Sure, yeah, yeah. So that, that isn't totally head or heart. I think it's a combination of both. I think Rollins' return to SmackDown has been fine, and I'm so glad for this match. This match, as you mentioned, good golly, it's going to be really fantastic. Uh, again, we're familiar with these two guys from back in the day when they were Tyler Black and Claudio Castagnoli in, in other promotions, Ring of Honor specifically. So they're going to deliver. I have zero doubt about that, and the fact that they're probably going to have their fans whipped up to, into a frenzy is even add into that. WWE has been waiting on pulling the trigger, in my opinion, on Cesaro for so long as a singles. I think now is the time where they actually do it. And I may be totally off base, but I think that I think that they finally recognize um, the opportunity that's there. And who knows how long it's sustainable. Um, or that they get really behind it and keep it going. But that's why I'm going with Cesaro as my pick. All right. Well, like I said, there's a little piece of me that hopes I missed that match, um, that pick. But uh, I just, just couldn't find a way to do it. All right. Hey, hey. I, I know what's coming next. <laughs> oh, Bad Bunny versus The Miz, which apparently is, at least as of this moment when we're recording, still a one-on-one -on -one match. Um, Tom, you get the first say on this, so yeah. 
I have, I have only a little bit more to say on this as opposed or as in comparison to the Braun and Shane match. Uh, I, I get, I get the celebrity crossover, and I, I acknowledge that WWE wants to expand to a, to a, a bigger audience. And if, if the trailer that you want to hit yourself to, or the hit you want to put your trailer on, whichever way that needs to be said, is Bad Bunny then good on you and kudos to the Miz. What a, what a pros pro uh, bad bunnies getting the win here. There's, there's no way to paint this um, unless it goes fluky. Uh, and we get a tag match on night two because we both, I think we both will agree. And I'll let you speak to us some more. Um, the missing opportunity here is for Damian priest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. Um, this this sure seemed like it was going to be a tag match. Somebody, I want to say maybe it was our friend Eric, uh, in in a group that we're a part of, said uh, that John Morrison maybe has a knee injury um, that's kind of holding back this being a tag match. So maybe it yet gets turned into a tag match. Uh, I I'll just say as far as I'm concerned, Tom, uh, if this turns into a tag match even on night one, I'm fine with our pick sticking because my pick won't change, um, and I'm guessing yours won't either. Uh, I think they should make it a tag match if they can. And if, if, and if Morrison's knee isn't allowing for that, I understand injuries happen. Um, and it would be weird to like shoehorn somebody who doesn't fit into the, you know, Ms. and Morrison don't have a third member. So it would be weird to shoehorn a Murphy or a somebody into this as much as I'd love to see that. Um, I'm just trying to pick somebody that's not doing anything on, you know, well, I guess that would be SmackDown, not raw, but regardless, um, anybody out of the 24 seven division, whatever, it would be weird to shoehorn into this, but, uh, yeah, Bat Bunny is winning this, whether it's a singles match or if it does become the tag match, the reason I think it should be a tag match is Damian priest can do the heavy lifting then much like I said with AJ and almost, uh, you have Damian priest do most of the in-ring work and he's certainly capable of doing that. And then bad bunny comes in and hits a couple of high spots, you know, gets probably gets the pin after Damian priest hits the, uh, well, the crossroads, but um, it's not called crossroads in WWE. Um, the roll the dice, whatever. Um, yeah, Bunny's going to win this match. The build to this has been, I mean, it's been what it needs to be. The Miz and Morrison are annoying heels. They've been doing annoying things, but it, but it annoys me. And I guess kudos then, because maybe they're doing what they're supposed to. But uh, uh, night one is. Got a couple of clunkers, as far as I'm concerned, in it. Um, and this is the one I get to watch live. So why couldn't one of those matches be on night two? I'd wait to see it. Um, yeah, I can't say I'm looking forward to this. Look, I, as you said, uh, you know, Bad Bunny is a is a bona fide huge star in the music world. Um, Bad Bunny, you know, they're not bringing Bad Bunny in to hit me. Like, I'm not the person they're trying to uh, hook with Bad Bunny. And that's good because it's not working. Um, but if they hook a bunch of other people with Bad Bunny, then then good on them from the business side of things. Um, and and that may be true as well in, in somebody that we'll be talking about on night two as well. Again, I'm not the demographic they're shooting for with these celebrities. Um, so I, you know, I get it from that side. Uh, doesn't mean I'm really looking forward to it. I hope that Bad Bunny, though, comes out a little more, looks a little more like uh, Stephen Amell in the ring than some other celebrities maybe we've seen. You know, Stephen Amell did pretty well um, in the matches that he's had. So 
We'll see. Bunny threw a decent punch on Monday. I saw the clip of that. So, you know, at least his first thing didn't look terrible. We'll see. I, I'm just a little worried about a whole match for the guy. But um, I don't expect this to be a super long match either, though. So I think they can get in, get out, and, and get what they need to out of it. Uh, we'll go to the match that I actually think might main event uh, night one, even though we're not doing it in the main event slot here. Uh, there is a, a report out there, and I think it makes a lot of sense, that at least on night one, they're not going to do any kickoff show matches, and maybe both nights they're not going to, uh, which they didn't last year either. Of course, they had no fans last year. But uh, they they want, apparently, they want that first entrance of a wrestler to kind of be special uh, because it's the first one in over a year with fans. I, you know, there'll probably be a big pop. Drew McIntyre is probably the guy I have do that. Um, he's your guy. Um, he could come out. He might even cut a promo. I don't know. He's been a great guy on the mic for them. He's been a great ambassador for WWE. So I I, I think that could be the opener. We're, we're positioning it here as the closer. Um, so if Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre do open WrestleMania night one, then I think the SmackDown women's title match uh, with Sasha and Bianca is the obvious choice uh, for the main event. Um, if that's the case, I would argue I think it deserves the main event slot. Um, I don't want to say more than Lashley Drew because yeah. I think that certainly would be worthy of the main event slot as well. Um, but it's not even close beyond anything else that they're doing on night one. You know, we're not having Bad Bunny and the Miz close out night one. Um, and if they put Shane McMahon and Braun Strowman in the main event of night one, I might not watch one night too. So <laughs> don't do that. Um, so that being said, I, I think this is going to be really good. Um, Sasha is, is one of the best in the world. Uh, can she be sloppy at times? Sure. Hey, it's a tough thing they're doing out there. Like I'm not that worried. Sasha turns it up when it comes to big matches. Um, and I think she knows this is a, this is the big time. I mean, it's WrestleMania. Come on. Um, and this is Bianca Belair's coming out party, really. I mean, obviously the rumble was a big piece of that. Um, this match needs to go well. For Bianca to ascend to the level that I think they expect Bianca Belair to get to. Um, if this match is a total clunker, that's not good. Uh, and I and I think these two have everything they need to to have a great match. I, I hope that the Reginald stuff gets kept to a minimum. We know we're going to see some of it. Um, and again, I think I said this a week or two ago, poor Carmella. Boy, she just got let Reginald became the thing out of that act. And Carmella's kind of gotten, maybe she got injured. I don't know, but she's really gotten forgotten in this whole thing. Um, and she was having some of the best work of her career, I thought, in her stuff that she was doing. So she's not in this match. Can't talk much more about her without totally distracting from what I'm trying to say here. Um, I I think it's Bianca. I, I think they end night one with Bianca winning the title. Um talk about a way to make somebody to have them win the main event of their first WrestleMania, win the title um, against one of the best ever uh, in the ring. I, I just think it's Bianca's time. And, and I hope that she has an awesome, um, what do I want to say? An awesome uh, job. I, I hope the match goes really, really well. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, I can't get the word out that I want. Apparently uh, it's early in the morning, but um, Bianca is going to be my pick here over Sasha. The next two matches, this one and the one we'll talk about on the final uh, segment for the, for night one, are some of the best matches 
on paper for the weekend. And I really believe they're going to, to deliver. Before I talk about, because I get to pick here and preview or go right into the final match, I will give my critique in that I think the build has been lacking. The energy of Bianca Belair winning the Rumble and then getting to where we are here. The, the tease before she picked who she picked was was okay. But then since she's picked Sasha, I don't feel like they've done a really good job for me personally, from my desire for the match, of giving me a reason to, to care. Now, in the now. Like, the long term, Yes. And it seems like Sasha's gone a little bit more on the heelish side, which you probably needed to have her do, but I think they could have done it in a different way. They will deliver in the ring, and, and I believe they will tell a good story. I love the idea of the visual of Bianca Belair winning the title and having the fireworks go off to end night one. That would be fantastic. That's my pick. That's what I think is going to happen, regardless of where it happens. I think you still get fireworks, even if it's not the, the final spot an event. So Bianca wins. I hope that they can give us something on SmackDown the week before Mania and then the day before Mania to really push this match to that next level of investment, emotional investment. I'm not going to hold my breath though. So, and then as you mentioned, position Sasha as the heel, um, you know, in this. So, you know, if it does close out night one, you usually don't have the heel closing out WrestleMania. So winning. Right, right. Up next is the WWE title match. Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre in the same vein of what I was talking about a moment ago. This match has a little bit more build to it and it's getting, it's been getting better week by week. It could have been so much better. So, in my opinion, so that's so I, I lament that fact in in my preview and in, in my response to this. But we're just in a weird time, and 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 and, and maybe some of it's a weird time because it's still pandemic and the way TV and 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 booking and all this stuff's been happening. Maybe it's a mechanism of the new way of how WWE is doing business. I, I don't know that I can put a finger on one of those things exactly yet, because it's all been sort of like rushed we went from fast lane and three weeks later we're at mania and this match didn't get you know finalized until i want to say like the day after fast lane or right around that that window of time we've talked about it here and i wish they would have gone or at least opened the door into this path of speaking of their history more than they have they haven't given us that they haven't given us more of a reason to really care. And, and, and it's almost a darn shame because I think Lashley, we talked about it here too, deserves more of a sustained run. It's not going to happen here. If he, if he, if he somehow, some way does not lose the title, I'll be blown away. I won't be mad. I'll be blown away. I feel like this match, especially with the scenario you laid out of the first match on WrestleMania with fans back in attendance, no pre-show you have the bagpipes play and you have Drew McIntyre make his entrance the, the roof, even though there's no roof on Raymond James, is going to blow. And then you have a really great match which these two are capable of. And then you have Drew win and, and get that title win in front of fans. That's going to be it's going to be monumental. So Drew McIntyre defeats Bobby Lashley and becomes champion for the third time. 
So a couple of things on this match, and and I'll just not bury the lead. Drew McIntyre is my pick as well. Um, you mentioned telling that story that they could be telling about the history of, of Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre. You're right. They're missing the boat. The piece they decide to tell last week is like the four weeks that Bobby Lashley, King Corbin, and Drew McIntyre were kind of a thing when they had their match with the Shield in the Shields. It was their last match on a pay-per-view at Fastlane. Then there was the network special, which might have been the same match. I can't remember now who the Shield worked with on that Shield farewell house show thing. Um, but that's the piece they tell. Instead of the fact that Bobby Lashley's last singles loss on pay-per-view was last June to Drew McIntyre. It's right there for you. Tell the story. Second piece. WWE just can't leave a good thing alone. The Hurt Business was one of the better factions they've had in WWE in quite some time. And they break them up for what? Why? There's no point. Because Bobby Lashley's a madman going into WrestleMania? Oh, okay. Just, it's stupid. It's, it's To borrow a line from Shane McMahon, it's stupid. I was so disappointed that they broke up because my fear is Shelton Benjamin and... and Cedric Alexander, well, let's see, where are they on WrestleMania? Oh, that's right. They're in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal on SmackDown the night before WrestleMania. They've been part of the best faction on Raw in years. And now they're in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. And my fear is they're headed to the 24-7 division. That's not good. And I know they're saying, well, the Hurt Business is open. You know, they're looking for new members now. And it's, you know, MVP and Bobby Lashley and... You know, they kind of teased Ricochet a little bit on Monday night. And, um, I, I don't know. I was, I was super disappointed by that. My fear for this match is that we're going to get the Seth Rollins-Brock Lesnar match of a couple of years back. Or the Drew McIntyre-Brock Lesnar match of last year, where it's going to be about four to six minutes. Or, even worse, we get the Sheamus-Daniel Bryan match from a number of years back and it's nine seconds and drew hits him with a claymore one two three crowd goes wild because vince thinks the crowd will go wild the crowd will go wild uh, if that happens the crowd will go nuts absolutely you'll get that reaction you'll damage bobby lashley a lot more than that reaction you'll still get that reaction if they have a 15 16 18 minute maybe even a little longer war and drew mcintyre still wins you're still going to get that reaction let that reaction happen because Bobby Lashley deserves to not just get steamrolled in this match. That's my one fear is they're going to steamroll him, especially if it is the first match of the night, um, like Seth and Brock a couple of years back. Uh, it didn't last real long. Of course, Brock Lesnar matches don't tend to last real long. That man is not paid by the hour, and he's well aware of that. So um, that's my only fear. But Drew McIntyre wins this, I you know, this is going to be a pretty high confidence points. We talk about that a lot with our picks that we make in the fantasy wrestling league. This is going to be pretty high on my confidence points for, for night one. Um, Drew McIntyre, easily my pick. Well, Tom, we just got through night one quicker than we've done anything on this show um, in quite a while. And that might speak to the booking. Because I think sometimes uh, we can bemoan some things. Like we said, we could have sat there and gone for a 20 minute rant on Braun Strowman and Shane McMahon. There's lots to say negatively about that but ugh, why why do that to ourselves and our listeners um so i don't know night two we'll see if it's any better 
let's see what happens. Um, through night one, though, let's just name it. Uh, the only difference we have is Cesaro and Seth Rollins on night one. So yep. one difference through uh, six matches. We actually have seven matches we're going to pick on night two um, because we did say we're going to go ahead and do this and pick the women's tag team title match. Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax are going to defend versus whoever wins this multi-team match that is apparently happening on night one. Uh, we agreed before the show we're gonna we're gonna pick this as Shayna and Nia versus the field. So we're either gonna pick Shayna and Nia to win or whoever their challenges are. It does not matter who we think those might be. I'll just say who I think. Um, yeah, I get first pick. Right? Yeah, that's right. Um, just wanted to make, yeah. sure. Yep. Wanted to make sure I was in the right spot before I jumped ahead of you. Uh, if the riot squad are in that match, the riot squad have no chance. They're there to take the fall. Um, I don't think Mandy and Dana win the match. Uh, they've, they've had a nice little run, but they haven't. It's been too start and stop <clears throat> for them. Naomi and Lana are owed a title shot. WrestleMania would seem a decent place to get that. They've also built Natalia and Tamina fairly well lately, you know, making them kind of the, uh, the bullies, I guess, on SmackDown, for lack of a better term. I think you got to go babyface heel, though. So I think Naomi and Lana get the win probably on night one, and I think probably are the team here. I will say, regardless of that, though, whoever wins that night one match, I think they're winning the women's tag titles. Um, I think it's Shane and Nia seem to be headed for a breakup. Uh, if they were, if they were just doing a multi-women team match uh, for the tag titles on night one, I would think we'd get that, and then maybe get Shane and Nia on night two. Um, in a match, you know, just added by Adam Pierce, um, you know, or whatever before night two. Um, that's not what we're doing here, apparently. So I think this is the beginning of the end for Shayna and Nia as a team, which they've actually made a pretty decent team, uh, probably better than I thought they would. I hope that this is the start, though, of Shayna finally getting a singles run that actually means something after last year's WrestleMania. Um, when they haven't made it mean a whole lot since then. So I'm going to pick the field uh, for this match. We differ again, because I'm going to stick with Shayna and Nia. I, I think what you've put together makes a lot of sense. And I think that the team, if I if I heard you right, I know you didn't pick the team, you picked the field, but not Naomi and, and Lana would be that team that I think makes the most sense. And uh, yeah, do they deserve a WrestleMania moment? Perhaps. Uh, Naomi actually has, I know we didn't talk records, but I think Naomi has a history winning titles in Orlando at WrestleMania's past. So that would tie in here too, if you're looking to tell a long-term story. Again, they pick and choose how they want to do that. I do think that China, Shayna and Nia are destined to eventually break up. I don't think it starts here. I could be wrong, but I don't. So that's why I picked them to retain. All right. We have our first difference on night two. Be interesting to see where things go from here. Uh, Tom, you get the first pick on the U.S. title match, which sure seems like it got thrown together out of nowhere. Riddle, defense against Sheamus. Let's hope Riddle remembers that this will be airing live, and if he has a promo, he may want to cut all of the words in the promo or figure his way around it. Yeah, just stick with the word bro, and he'll be fine. <laughs> uh, this this should be good. Like what they what they put together last Monday on Raw was 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 quite good. I I have really gone um, up and down over the years on Riddle. Gosh, he is so talented, but I think that his recreational choices and the way that he's being booked, 
make me sour on him. And I'm not opposed to any of that stuff. That's you do you, whoever you are and whatever you do. But when you're a professional and I don't, I, uh, I don't know, I almost feel like it'd be like uh, an emeritus award for Seamus to win the United States title here uh, in a way. Uh, but, but, but I don't trust the WWE to like do that. And, and, and I don't want them to do that because I don't want the old guard to get the spots. And that's what Seamus winning here would be. This is kind of like that Champa Walter match in a way where I want Sheamus to win, but I don't think he will. So uh, I think the smart money is Riddle. So I'm going to stick with Riddle. If I'm wrong, I'll be pleasantly surprised. Again, not to not we haven't done it yet. This podcast, I sh- I own Sheamus in the fantasy league. I could use those points, but <laughs> Riddle retains. Yeah, I um. <laughs> Riddle on Monday night just made me laugh. It reminded me of of the Sid uh, promo years ago where he got all fumbled up and looked at Gene and said, can we start again? And Gene said, we're live, pal. Um, So, uh, yeah, Riddle just walks off screen halfway through his promo because he messed it up. Oh, it was... It was kind of like, you know, it wasn't planned, but yet you're like, they almost could do that with Riddle. Like, he's just kind of that character, uh, almost Austin Theory-esque, you know, in some ways, uh, maybe for different reasons, though. I, I, I'm with you. I I feel like this match was put together because, A, they needed a U.S. title match, and, B, they needed to do something with Sheamus. Um, and they didn't have anything else. They didn't go the Drew-Sheamus route, which is what you and I both a couple of months back thought they were going to, um, you know, I would have guessed riddle Bobby Lashley probably a couple of months ago. They've obviously, so they, they split those two matches, I guess, and gave us drew and Bobby and, uh, and now give us riddle and Seamus. I think this will be good. Um, riddle is certainly good in the ring. You know, Seamus is a hard hitter. Um, and, and I don't, some people really don't like Seamus. He's not my favorite. Um, but I don't think he's terrible in the ring and, and this character has been okay for him. Um, I agree with you though. Riddle, Riddle gets the win here. Um, I just don't see any reason to put the belt on Seamus, to be honest. Um, I mean, it would help his character along, you know, it would do that, but I don't know. It just doesn't feel like the spot for Seamus to win the belt here at WrestleMania. Uh, it's Riddle's WrestleMania debut. Uh, so, you know, if you, if you do see Riddle as anything more than a U.S. champion material, which I I think he can be, I don't know if Vince sees that or not. I've read things that have said that Vince kind of sees him as this level and that's it. Uh, I think he's missing the boat on that. Maybe a crowd at WrestleMania will help him realize that. Um, I'm trying to remember Riddle. Yeah. Riddle, Riddle was in. Has Riddle been on the main card since before the pandemic, or did that happen after pandemic, Tom? Do you remember? I want to say before. I think it was back to the summer of 19. Okay. I couldn't quite remember, so we'd we'd have to look that up. But anyways, regardless, um, it's his WrestleMania debut. That much I know. Um, So Riddle, I think, gets the win here as well. I'm with you on that. We switch from the U.S. title to the Intercontinental title match, which actually has had a pretty good build, um, regardless as to whether we talk about Apollo Crews, um, you know, and his Prince Nana-esque character that he's doing now. Uh, I really wish at this point that he wouldn't be Apollo Crews. I wish he'd just be UHA Nation again. 
Like that would almost make more sense with this character to call himself Uha Nation or Uha Cruise if they don't, you know, they they want to own the copyright, whatever. Like Uha would make more sense than Apollo. Um, I still wonder where he'd been hiding that accent all those years, but apparently he was. This has been built really well, though. Uh, Biggie, when he when he went looking for him, and they had their brawl a week or two ago on SmackDown. Biggie almost was too upset in the promo and was trying to show almost too much i think um that it almost kind of made me chuckle the way that he was trying to say like i'm gonna come and i'm gonna get you and i was like oh what are we like you sound like paul bearer all of a sudden here in your promo um you and i I think are both on the same uh bandwagon that biggie needs to get pushed to the top of the card biggie next year should be in one of the main events of WrestleMania, in my eyes. I'm not going to put those words in your mouth, Tom, although I see you nodding your head. Um, I think you start that road by Big E keeping the Intercontinental title here and and having that moment of him in front of fans holding up the Intercontinental title, fans going nuts, getting that reaction for Big E and seeing that he can be that person. Um, as much as I, you know, I'm sure this is Apollo Crews' WrestleMania debut. I can't think of anything else he would have done besides being in a battle, maybe in a battle royal. Um, I love that Apollo Crews is getting a singles match at WrestleMania. I think they've built this well, as I said. I think it should be good. I think the physicality has been good between them, but I Apollo Crews is not winning the title at WrestleMania. I just don't see that. Um, so I'm going Big E. Before I make my pick, I wanted to circle back. I did look up. So this is one of those uh, footnotes on living in a pandemic. Things feel longer in... <laughs> your life than they were in reality. Matt Riddle did not leave NXT until May of 2020. So that wasn't even a year ago. Not a year yet. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you are correct that he was not on Mania last year. He was uh, tag champs with Pete Dunn in NXT uh, a year ago at this time. He sure was. The, the bros are waiting. Again, doesn't, doesn't feel like a year ago. It feels like a lot longer. Uh, but yeah, he so he lost to Thatcher in the fight pit in May of 2020. And that was his swan song for his NXT run. Uh, my pick here is Biggie as well. Apollo Cruz is incredibly talented. I, I wish there was something different for him or more for him. I actually think I would rather like to see Apollo challenging Matt Riddle uh you know for the ice for the u.s title uh in in, in like you know kind of like what look at the, you know, think about the next five or eight years of these guys in their careers it's it's the youth but then you'd flip sheamus perhaps into the big e spot and they already had their issue at the end of last year so that doesn't make sense on a trade-off perspective it could be someone else though uh i think that they put they put the final nail in this feud's coffin at WrestleMania, and Big E seals the deal and uh, retains his title as well. Uh, I do expect a good match, so that'll be exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Tom, you get the first pick in a match that I think is going to have some more changes to it uh, between now and when it happens. Uh, but Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens, uh, Logan Paul is going to be uh, we're recording this uh, the week before WrestleMania, a uh, little over a week before, and uh, it's going to be Sammy get Sammy Zayn's guest on uh, whatever Sammy's talk show is. Um, 
on SmackDown and, and has already said, yes, he will be at WrestleMania. So Logan Paul going to have some involvement in this, whether he's in Zayn or Owen's corner, whether he's a special ref, I don't know what. I wasn't really sure what a Logan Paul was. I'd heard the name, but uh, he's going to be involved here. Whoop-de-doo as far as I'm concerned. Sammy and Kevin, though, one-on-one at WrestleMania, finally. It's awesome. Like, like, I don't need the gaga behind the scenes. I Again, Logan Paul's a celebrity. I get it. I don't know what, what the value is there. He doesn't appeal to me. He's not being brought in to get guys like me because I'm clearly already a fan. But maybe there's a segment of the audience that will only come because of him. I don't know. The, I don't know the demos on that, and I really don't care. Um, it actually is making me less interested in this match, which is hard to do because these two guys uh, in the spotlight at WrestleMania is gold to me. I don't know if you saw this online. Uh, I think it was on Twitter on Kevin Owens' page. So you may recall. I hope you recall that year by year, Kevin Owens has taken the the WrestleMania logos of years past and turned that into a KO Mania shirt. Well. WrestleMania 5, Mega Powers Explode. KO Mania 5, what a great image of the Mega Powers, even though they're not Mega Powers, but the Mega Powers being Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. I haven't seen what that shirt will be, if it's even going to be mass-produced, but that could be a shirt that I would go and purchase in a heartbeat replicated after the Hogan Savage shirt and poster from back in the day. Um, again, who knows what will come of this... Oh, was that was that the road dog? Apologies, I was attempting to see <laughs> if there was a shirt, and apparently the link I clicked had a road dog thing. I'm really glad it didn't say anything else. Oh, you didn't know? Uh, <laughs> I'm <gonna> call somebody. <laughs> hey, get well uh, soon, road dog. By the way, uh, had a had some heart stuff I know lately. So good, get well soon, road dog. Road absolutely, dog. absolutely. Uh, I could do with all without all the Gaga here, and and then the extra stuff. Uh, and I hope it's not a lot because these guys are. Uh, they have a they have a long story. This is another great chapter in that story. Uh, it doesn't need to be insulated with the entertainment side of junk. KO gets the win. Uh, I can't wait for that. Um, it makes sense, of course, with the whole Sammy conspiracy thing. Uh, I think Logan Paul does some boxing. I think his other claim to fame, besides being a YouTuber, is that he's a boxer. So I could definitely see Sami Zayn getting KO'd by Logan Paul before we even know what how what his involvement mania looks like to extend his grievance of uh the 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 powers that be against him yeah i i hope that that knockout comes after the match like maybe he's the special enforcing ref and the ref gets a bump owens ends up hitting a stunner and logan paul counts the one two three and then zane gets in his face and paul knocks him out kind of thing i'd be okay with that i hope these guys are given like 15 minutes at least, you know, I mean, something given a little time to tell their story. Cause I think, look, these two are great friends. We know that um, outside of the ring, spoiler alert. I know kayfabe, but um, you got to think it means the world to them to have a one-on-one match at WrestleMania. I mean, who to thunk it. Right. So you got to think they're going to go out there no matter, I mean, they're going to do their job. Yes. They're not going to, you know, go out there and start doing crazy flips off everything, but I'm really looking forward to see what they do with this match because I think they get out there, they start feeding off that energy. I've said before uh, on this show, you and I have talked about it. I think the energy from the wrestlers on this show is going to be top notch. In fact, my, my almost fear is that they're going to have to find a way to 
uh, keep that energy high, but not so hot, not too high, not get over um, excited and end up, you know, missing something or hurting each other or hurting themselves um, because they've got to be jacked to have a show in front of 25,000 or however many it is fans um, over a year since anything even close to that has happened um, for wrestling anyways. And so I, I think the energy would be good. I think these two have got to be super excited to get this one-on-one chance. And I just hope they're given a little bit of time and that whatever Logan Paul's involvement is, it's post-match or, or not throughout the match. I don't want to, I don't want it to be the Logan Paul show featuring Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, if that makes sense. Uh, I hope that they're given time. Uh, all that said, I don't think I actually officially made a pick, but Kevin Owens is my pick as well. Um, Sami Zayn losing just, his character is supposed to lose. Um, that's, that's what continues his, um, you know, <laughs> snowflake character, dare I say, um, in this political landscape, but you know, the victim mentality that he has, uh, that that character has, which he is amazing at doing. He's just, yes, he annoys you, but in, in a way that, you know, you're supposed to be annoyed and it, it works. Um, so I'm that match probably, on night two is the match I'm looking forward to most, but also most concerned about if that makes the, if that makes sense in the same uh, sentence. So one thing I just want to call back to, cause it, it was, it came back to my thinking. I feel like I read or heard that when Minnie was planned for Raymond James a year ago, Kevin Owens had done an interview where he wanted to do something crazy off the ship. There's a pirate yes. ship built in the stadium. Now, again, I, with socially distanced fans and, and where the ring will be in comparison to where that ship will be. I I know what his heart's desire probably is, but the reality of that happening probably is very low, if not at all. But I just wanted to mention in the event we get a, a crazy brawl where they're able to get to the ship, how cool will that visual be? Um, we'll see. And since he said that last year, I got to think if there is some sort of crazy brawl and they're able to get to that ship, the crowd's going to just be going nuts because they know what's coming. They, you know, and actually what I would do is I would tease it a couple of times and have Zane cut him off before he can do it. Cause that crowd's going to be like, Oh, we're going to, no, we're not. Oh, we're going to, no, we're not. And then they're just going to explode when he actually jumps. So um, I agree. I, I kind of hope that that, that gets worked in somehow. I, I, I agree with you though, from what I know of that stadium, just thinking of what I've seen on TV with football games and that, that ship sure seems like it's a long way from where I expect the ring to be. So um, that ship is not sitting on the 50 yard line. So. Next match up is The Fiend and Randy Orton in a match that I still kind of think will end up with some sort of like no DQ or or some sort of um, stipulation, but they haven't announced it as of yet. Uh, the Fiend re-debuted with a different look. We talked about that on our Fastlane episode, Fastlane recap episode. And, uh, I, you know, this story has been fine for me. Um, I love that Alexa has had a really focused point in this story because I think the world of Alexa Bliss um, I really like her as a character and uh, seems like a decent person outside of wrestling too, from the little bit you see of her on social media. So uh, I've always been a fan of Alexa and uh, I, I've enjoyed the fiend character along the way as well. So I'm looking forward to this. I hope that it's redemption for their God awful world title match uh, between Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton a number of years ago uh, where there were maggots projected on the screen and are on the mat, I should say, and all sorts of just, insanity that made no sense uh the fiend wins this match i mean there's just 
zero thought in my mind even to go into making my pick on this match. There's no way Randy Orton should win this match. There's no way Randy Orton's going to win this match. The Fiend at WrestleMania, I think the Fiend at WrestleMania could kind of turn into The Undertaker at WrestleMania and that attraction match each year. Um, it does seem weird to be talking WrestleMania and not have any mention of The Undertaker, even any inkling. Uh, I do think a cool way to start WrestleMania would be for the gong to hit and Taker to come out and cut some really quick promo about, you know, COVID, we can rest in peace, or I don't know, something stupid. Um, but um, I, I think having him, if he appeared as a surprise, I, I it'd be another spot where I think the roof that doesn't exist would blow off that place. Um, but that being said, I think The Fiend kind of is taking over that um, attraction spot um, on WrestleMania, and I think this will be this will be good, but the fiends, the fiends win in this thing. I agree with your pick that the fiend wins. I, I liked what you stated. I think it was a week ago where, and you just mentioned it again now, that the fiend is has the opportunity to be the Undertaker character for the next 15, 20 years, give or take, where it's periodic spots that he shows up, but a major thing every year some haunting, you know, he, he gets in the head of some character, some wrestler, and they lead to a match at WrestleMania. The weird part for me is kind of twofold this here with this match. Number one, what do they add? Like, I, I almost chuckled out loud when you said, like, no DQ gimmick. Like, okay, so you burned a man already, so we're going to go lower and go to a no DQ? <laughs> so, well, I mean, well, I don't know. <laughs> your, your other option is a homicide match. The only way to win is to murder the other man. Well, precisely. So, the, the, But, that's again, that's, that's, the, that's the spot they've booked themselves into, which is just the irony of that, which I thought was funny. So I wanted to – glad you laughed because I wanted to call that out. Um, the other side of that coin is – we both agreed. I think the fiend wins. And then what do you do with Randy Orton? You know, does that gimmick, does the something in the match put him out for a while? I mean, the guys have been working hard for the last year. You think back to many last year with, with edge and the greatest match ever, Randy Orton's been steady and consistent almost weekly for the raw brand. Wouldn't be a bad idea for him to, have it have something here where it sends him away again not homicide <laughs> we don't need the ghost of randy orton coming back in six months uh that being said you know the new ghost division yeah. <laughs> um having him go away after whatever happens here and then coming back at SummerSlam or survivor series people won't forget what happened here but wwe Things people will forget, so it's less it's less hard to explain. Perhaps what again? We don't we're we're kind of like flying on the hip here. We don't know what's going to happen. I don't see Randy Orton getting the win. It doesn't doesn't hurt doesn't hurt him to lose. It doesn't help him to win. Like he's not winning and being like, all right, well, Drew McIntyre, you're up next. Right. You, I I think there's a a possibility that there's some level of Randy Orton being set on fire at WrestleMania as as payback for him lighting the fiend on fire and and if that's the case we've already seen randy orton heals from burns like really really fast so maybe he's not gone very long if that's you know they might have to do more than burn him because he heals from those really fast he was horribly scarred one week and the next week fresh as a daisy so i don't know um there, there have certainly been some head scratching moments along the way in this story but for whatever reason 
these types of stories just click with me for the most part. And I kind of have my guilty pleasure enjoyment uh, sometimes with these stories. So uh, let's go to another one that, man, I, I will tell you right now, even though you get the first pick here, Tom, I have no idea what I'm about to pick because I, something's going to come out of my mouth, but I'm not real sure what it is. The Raw Women's Title Match, Asuka versus the debuting on Raw side anyways. Uh, she hasn't had a match yet on Raw, I don't believe. Um, or at least now that she's become a permanent part of the Raw roster. She might have when they did the NXT Invasion stuff um, around that Survivor Series a couple years ago. But regardless, Rhea Ripley, Asuka, second WrestleMania in a row for Rhea Ripley. Yeah, Rhea's my pick, so I want to get that out of the way first. I think that the time is right for her to uh, win the Raw Women's title. Asuka's had a fantastic reign. Uh, it, it, I don't know that it's been a consecutive uh, 10 or so months, but it certainly certainly feels like that. I know it's weird. Like the, I talked earlier in other episodes and other places that I'm so high uh, in, in naming and calling out the lineage of certain things, and then times like now, I didn't bother to do the research to look at the length of Asuka's current reign. That being said, uh, the, it, this establishes Rhea. She's already established in, in, I think, our minds, but I don't know that she's established in the in the minds of the fans who watch Raw. Again, we have to remember the people who watch Raw aren't guaranteed to be the people who watch NXT. There's a crossover, but I believe that everybody believes or has proof that they're not really articulating well, that, that, that those two audiences Audiences are somewhat diverse. Rhea being champion after WrestleMania and the number of people who could challenge her does a lot more for me than Asuka retaining and having a bunch of people still chasing her. The other X factor is Charlotte Flair. And where where might, if at all, does she show up? I like the story, too, of Rhea having lost to Charlotte a year ago but then this year having a brighter moment and winning a title. So those are all the reasons why, uh, not only, but a lot of the reasons that support my pick for Rhea, the throning Oscar. Yeah. You know, and, and you kind of hit on, on the, the reason that is pushing me um, towards, towards Rhea, just to uh, answer your point earlier, Oscar has held the title since August 23rd. She won it at SummerSlam. Uh, for the second time, she only had really a one-month loss there with Sha Sasha Banks. Uh, won it for a month uh, at Raw after she took possession of the title at the Horror Show pay-per-view and that whole goofiness. Uh, and now you can see why I tried to forget that. Right. but So really, with that one month you know, in the middle, she's held it since May uh, when it was given to her uh, for winning Money in the Bank uh, after... Uh, Becky Lynch had to relinquish the title due to her pregnancy. So uh, I'm going to go Rhea here as well. I think that having Rhea, I'm not, I, I didn't think it was the right call to have Rhea lose last year at WrestleMania, um, although it worked out okay. Uh, I think having Rhea debut on the Raw side in the title match uh, sounds like what I'm saying with almost two a little bit, but I think having Rhea debut in a title match and then lose doesn't do Rhea Ripley any favors. I also think Rhea Ripley winning the Raw Women's title, coming out on Raw on Monday night, and then Charlotte Flair's music hitting, and Charlotte coming out and saying, you know, well, yeah, you won the title at WrestleMania, but what happened last year at WrestleMania? Um, makes a lot of sense, and you'd go right into that. I agree, what, what do you do with Asuka then? You know, maybe you have Asuka and Shayna. Um, 
do something, although Shayna gets busy with Naya. I don't know. Um, maybe somebody else comes up. Maybe maybe if Io Shirai comes up, somehow Io and Asuka get into a thing. Or maybe I don't want to see them become a tag team because I think that feels just like a rehash of, of the Kabuki Warriors. Um, but I don't know. Something. You, you find, you'll find something for Asuka, I hope. Um, and, and then you get back to Asuka Flair down the road or Asuka Ripley again down the road. Uh, but I think Rhea wins the title here. And like I said, I fully expect to see Charlotte Flair on Monday. Uh, apparently missing WrestleMania, maybe because of the Andrade situation. Maybe not. I've seen both sides of that report. I've also seen that she was medically disqualified because they thought she was pregnant. Um, she's not. She got that confirmed. She also has battled COVID recently, too. So lots going on in Charlotte Flair's world. But uh, apparently not at least wrestling in this match. Although she could show up Sunday, too. I could... You know, I could see her at WrestleMania somehow as well, uh, maybe showing up after the match or something too. But Rhea is going to be my pick there, which brings us to the finale, the Universal Title Triple Threat Match: Roman Reigns defends versus the Royal Rumble winner Edge and Daniel Bryan, uh, who Edge has turned heel on apparently, or at least Edge is out for himself in all of this, anyways. Uh, I liked the idea of Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan. I liked the idea of Roman Reigns versus Edge. I guess I'm okay with the triple threat match because it's happening, but it would not have been my pick. I I don't like the main event of WrestleMania and the main event of night two on a two-night WrestleMania being a triple threat match. Wish it wasn't. Here we are. We've seen it before. It's been done before. This is reminiscent of, in some ways, the WrestleMania 30 story, although definitely in different having many differences as well. Daniel doesn't have to win a match to get into this at WrestleMania. Although with a two-night WrestleMania, they could have pulled that off, no problem. But it wasn't the direction they decided to go. Jey Uso, unfortunately, doesn't get that shot either and ends up in the in the SmackDown Battle Royal. Um, I'm sure Uso will be here at WrestleMania, but I do have to just call that out and say I'm a little bit bummed after all the hard work Jey Uso has put in this year that he doesn't get a match on WrestleMania. He ends up in the Battle Royal on SmackDown the night before. Kind of a bummer for Jey Uso, and I, um, you know, the world's not fair, but I don't think this was fair either for Jey. Um, Shane McMahon's got a match, but Jey Uso doesn't have a match. Hmm. That sucks. Um, Bad Bunny has a match, but anyways, that's a different reason, so fine. Let's go on to this title match. Roman Reigns, Edge, Daniel Bryan. Uh, Another match where I could see any one of the three potentially winning Part of me thinks you like to end WrestleMania on a high, and the only way I really see that would be Daniel Bryan, but I just don't think they're going there. Uh, I don't think they're going to go that far into the WrestleMania 30 reboot. Uh, Edge as Universal Champion, I can see it. I don't know that I see it at WrestleMania. I, I think Roman keeps the belt. I just think that's where we're headed. Um I don't know when you beat him or who you beat him with. Uh, Big E, I think. Honestly, if it was me, Roman would keep the belt until Big E's ready for it. And that might be WrestleMania next year, and that's a crazy long time for Roman to hold the belt. But um, I just think beating Roman is going to be such a thing at this point because they've done such a great job building this character that uh, Edge doesn't need it, for sure. Daniel Bryan doesn't really need it. Um, they're both made men. Edge is already a Hall of Famer. Daniel Bryan is a shoe-in whenever he retires, or maybe even before. Um, is a shoe-in Hall of Famer as far as I'm concerned. 
uh, I think you can make somebody with beating Roman. I just don't think either of these guys need it. So I'm going to go with Roman. Um, and that's not a prediction. That's a spoiler. <laughs> Sorry, Paul Heyman. It's all good. So, so two weeks ago, when we talked about the Fastlane fallout, I was very opposed to this being a three-way. Mm-hmm. Then SmackDown happened, and they gave it a little bit more teeth. I wasn't super sold then, and you named it. Edge really seems to have turned a corner, and maybe he's only a heel towards Daniel Bryan, but he seems very heelish overall. So I wish they did a better job of like letting his intentions show that he's not a heel or a bad guy, that he's just so motivated by the title. Maybe that's an implied thing that I'm just missing and not picking up on. I don't think that's the case. I I really want to know the backstory of why they did this pivot. Did they not think that they had a better spot for Daniel Bryan and that they, and that's why he's here? Did they not have confidence in Roman Reigns and Edge in the singles? Because it was so strong with Edge winning the Rumble and choosing to go after Roman that that was a solid story. And Edge even talked about it's, I think it's 11 years to the day or some number of years to the day of when he had to relinquish when when WrestleMania is going to take place. So like there's 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 a historical contextual component there to it that you can loop into the story. Again, it's weird for me to be like, oh, I'm bummed that Daniel Bryan's in the match because I love Daniel Bryan. And I'm not really bummed, but it's just it's not what I envisioned and and what we're getting in reality. I am picking Edge to win. I like what you laid out with Roman a lot. I think Edge beats Daniel Bryan to win the title, and Roman Reigns has the ability to say, I was never pinned. I also think that the 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 ticket uh, for Edge is shorter than it is for either of the other two men. And I, and, I, and I don't think that Daniel Bryan remains in the picture down the road. I might be wrong. Uh, but I think this leads to an eventual Roman versus Edge return. Edge gets his moment in the sun. He gets his kind of swan song title match. I don't remember when they signed him a year ago and he returned at the Rumble then. And I know last year was hampered by injuries too and the bicep. I don't know if he's, if he's you know, six, six appearances a year, 12, you know, pay-per-view, non-pay-per-view, whatever. Who knows all of those details? And so we don't know how much time is left for him. But I definitely think that him winning the world title here, universal title, excuse me, makes a lot of sense. And and creatively having him pin Daniel Bryan, there's a story there. There's then there's also a story of Roman to have him. You know, he can he can make all the claims and continue to to sit on the throne he's sitting on, spouting what he's spouting, and he'll actually have a, have more behind it um, than just his ego. And the the best heels are actually right about some little piece. They're, they're right about something and then they just take it too far or they over-exaggerate it or they whatever. I mean, the best heels, not only in wrestling, but in movies and TV and, you know, in, in life, um, have some kernel of truth in what they're saying. Um, so, yeah, kudos. Well, that means we have a whopping two out of... Um, two on uh, night two. Two on night two... Do we have two on night two? Yeah, we have. I have Naya, Shana and Naya, you have the field, and then I have Edge and you That's have right. Roman. 
I didn't have Shane and I in the field. I put a little mark next to ones that were different on. Um, yeah, that was the one I missed putting on. So two on night two, one on night one. So three differences at WrestleMania after all of those matches, uh, which at least means nobody's getting buried in this thing. So, and that's good too. We don't want to have, you know, a competition that's over in March or April, I guess. Now we're into April. Um, already. So uh, that is our look at WrestleMania. We hope that you enjoy WrestleMania. If you're going to watch it on Peacock uh, as well, uh, whenever you might see it, if you get to watch it live, great. Enjoy it. Uh, Tom and I will be back. Like I said, it's probably going to be a couple of weeks. Um, we'll, we'll, tr we'll shoot for trying to only miss one week if we can, um, but that's just kind of a really early hope at this point. We'll have to just see how it goes as far as life um, and, and where it leads us and for both Tom and I, when we're able to fully see these shows, because we've got a lot going on in our lives around this week as well, uh, between Tom's travel, my own stuff in my own life and work. So uh, we'll see how it all shakes out. Yeah. What but, Jim's trying to say is we'll see you in June, everyone. Right. Right. So we will see you in June for our recap of WrestleMania. And uh, we'll just tell you about our picks that we made for like money in the bank and backlash and all those other shows. Uh, now we'll be back before then. We certainly hope, but uh, everybody enjoy WrestleMania. Stay safe. Enjoy the spring. Enjoy the weather. If you're going to WrestleMania, have a blast. Stay safe, wear your mask, do all that good stuff. Um, let's not turn that into a spreader event, please. But uh, I, I think it sounds like they're taking really good precautions there so i'm glad they're able to have fans at wrestlemania this year and i'm looking forward to watching it with the fans i think that will add a lot to the show that we've been missing for the last year so tom anything else you want to say no just looking forward to wrestlemania uh excited for this season again we talked about it on the takeover preview uh this is a like it's like christmas and and we get extra gifts this year with two nights of takeover two nights of wrestlemania and uh can't wait to enjoy them Absolutely. Everybody have a great time. We will talk to you soon again, right back here at Two Spot Monkeys Live. We'll see ya.